everybody. Michael Lombardo here. I am your host. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is always a joy to be with you guys, to minister to you, to share the gospel um, through this outlet. I'm blessed to be on the Charisma Podcast Network here. We're releasing a new show every Monday and every Thursday. And so if you're tuning in for the first time, just know that every Monday and Thursday, we've been releasing a show here in 2020. And um, I usually have guests on my show talking to them about various different subjects and topics, relevant messages in the body, uh, you know, for the body of Christ right now, testimonies of amazing uh, miracles and things taking place all over the world. And I also have solo teaching shows where I come on here and share some revelation that the Lord has put on my heart that I really feel like would bless you, challenge you, um, inspire you, and really impart faith into you. And so thank you so much if you've been watching and you've been and you've been listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing this with your family, with your friends, and on social media, and everything that you guys do for subscribing. And so bless you guys. Thank you so much. And today, I really would like to just jump right in, usually share a little bit more in the beginning, share scripture, but I really want to jump right in. I want to share um, the bio of my guest. His name is Brian Blout, and he has spent the last 20 years equipping and training individuals, teams, and churches in healing, power evangelism, and prophetic ministry. And Brian and his wife are the senior pastors of Crestwood Vineyard Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where they live with their six children, including triplets. And so, welcome, Brian. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hey, Michael, man. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Triplets, huh? Wow, man. My brother had triplet boys. So that's pretty yeah. wild, huh? Oh, really? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't yeah. run across many people that have had that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. We we were going maybe for like four, our fourth one became triplets, and so we were like, Oh wow, we're we're done. <laughs> Blessed <laughs> by the Lord, so grateful to have kids. And so yeah, the the triplets are around twelve years old now. So we have I have my oldest is twenty years old, uh, all the way down to twelve. So they're great wow, kids. Man. Incredible, incredible. And so for those who uh, may not be too familiar with your ministry, I always love to hear when a guest comes in the show, a new guest especially, um, how they first encountered the Lord, how the Lord really got a hold of them. I'd love to hear that story before we uh, before we really dive in here. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I uh, kind of grew up in a, in a crazy home, uh, divorced home. Uh, I was, you know, one of those kids that was just trying to look for stability, uh, but was finding it all the wrong places. Um, and so I got into a lot of drugs and stuff when I was mm-hmm. actually 11 years old, I was smoking pot and, uh, then I was in and out of boys homes, drug rehabs. And I had a, a good friend of the family that if this guy could have been my father, like I would have picked him. I mean, he just was this, one of those guys that you just had total respect for, totally loved. And he, uh, invited me to go on this Christian retreat. It was him and my grandma and my grandma had a lot of weight in my life. You know, I just loved my grandma. And so yeah. both of them really encouraged me to go. I went and man, uh, I had a powerful encounter. It was like father, son, Holy spirit, literally just, I mean, I felt a physical embrace, like someone hugging me and like yeah. hugging the hell out of me. Basically what it was. <laughs> and I could feel the Lord just holding my hand. And I just felt this love and dude, I had no desire for drugs. I had no desire to do sex outside of marriage anymore. I had no desire to do anything except to share the love of Jesus. And so from 16 on, man, I have, uh, been really going hard after the Lord and uh, just sharing the glorious gospel. Wow, it's a beautiful thing, man. I love that. I've, you know, I've never heard your uh, testimony. I know you give us a short version, but I've never heard your testimony until right now. 
And it really resonates with me. And for those who are avid listeners here to Awaken Podcast and follow our ministry, they would know that um, it's very similar to mine. You know, I got saved at 19. Oh, really? And okay. um, I, yeah, drugs, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll uh, for me. If there was a drug, I tried <laughs> yeah. it, you know. And um, and yeah, always intoxicated, you know, just seeking after the wrong things, but just empty. And when I encountered Jesus in my room, I literally felt an embrace, a physical manifestation of a warmth wow. in the presence of God. Like an acceptance, like no the father way. hugging me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely, man. And then just That's drugs incredible. fell off of me. Yeah, dude, drugs fell off of me. You know, I just fell in love with Jesus. I was baptized in the spirit. At the same time, I just started to hear from God and pursue God with everything, man. And so it's very, I love it, man. It's so cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, when, when I felt the presence of God, I thought if, if people could feel this, they wouldn't want drugs, right? <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. want anything other than this this love and this embrace. So to me, like the encounter of the Holy Spirit, the, com- the encounter of the Father, the Son, I mean, the, the triune God, that is so important that it's not just words, but it's, it's a demonstration of His power that we got to have. And we got to be able to release that as believers. And that's what we get to do, you know, as uh, followers of Christ. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And that's actually one of the first thoughts because I used to be hooked on ecstasy. I loved ecstasy and, uh, and when I encountered Jesus, I remember the first thing I thought was, wow, this is better than ecstasy. This is better than any drug I've ever experienced <laughs> yeah, in yeah, my life. And then, and then a few years later, I was at the International House of Prayer. There was a move of the spirit out in Kansas City, and I went to a few meetings. They were having like daily meetings, and I remember I felt such a thick, tangible glory. And the Lord spoke to me, and he told me um, that drugs and you know alcohol and drugs and all that is really just a counterfeit from the enemy of his glory. It's not pure. It's not holy. It destroys oh, them. It leaves yeah. them broken. And if the world only knew what they could have in Jesus, they would uh, they would run to him. Dude, that's great. That's powerful. Absolutely. I totally 100% agree with you. Absolutely. It's, wow. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> oh, awesome. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And so you wrote a book, which I think is incredible. You know, when I got saved, I went to Bible school and I started doing street evangelism and started going on missions trips and really just had a passion to share the gospel with the world, you know, with the world around me, not just from a stage, but in everyday life. And so that's why I really appreciate your ministry and your message. Um, I know you're on the Sid Roth show. You shared a lot of your stories and powerful encounters and things like that. And so you wrote a book called Putting Jesus on Display with Love and Power. And so you share, you share something that I feel like is um, really, really important, even a message to the church. As I was reading through the first chapter, you talk about a story of a um, in a meeting, how deaf ears were opening and you kind of related it with how the church is and there's a spiritual deafness. And I would love to hear a little bit about that. Cause I feel like this is an important message for the church right now. Yeah, absolutely. Or kind of the encounter was, I was actually with Randy Clark, uh, Blaine Cook. We were on a trip, uh, in Brazil and <laughs> the craziest thing, we, we drove up to, um, this church, and I had been probably about a week there with Blaine Cook. We've been traveling around, just seeing unbelievable things happen but I hadn't seen the deaf here. And as we pulled up, I, I felt in my heart, Lord said, I, I just, I said, Lord, I want to see the deaf here. Well, I didn't know that was actually a desire of his heart until I walked into the building. And when I walked in the building for the first time in all the churches that we'd seen, there was an entire deaf section where they were doing, you know, deaf ministry. And, um, now, if you've ever been on one of these trips to, you know, with Randy or, or Blaine to Brazil, it is like just packed with people. I mean, people are just, I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people just there, just engaged in the presence of God. And so I was part of the ministry team, and um, I was on one side of the auditorium where the deaf section was. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how do I get over there. 
And this, this uh, girl just pops up out of nowhere and she speaks perfect English. And she goes, do you need a translator? And I said, yes, I could use a translator. And so then she starts like just, you know, translating Portuguese the whole bit. And um, so I have her like helping me to like pray for the sick. Well, she is flipping out. She's never seen this. So she's yeah. weeping, weeping. And I said, listen, here's what I want to do is I want to get to the other side of the auditorium where the death section is. And I would love for you to ask if, if they would like prayer, you know? So we get over there and here's what I knew, uh, man, the, the Lord was going to do something just unbelievable. When her name was Anna, Anna walks up to the death minister and he, and she begins to sign. Now what's the odds of someone just popping up out of nowhere, speaking perfect English. You know, she's never translated before and she's helping with it in Portuguese. And then now she can actually sign. Yeah. I mean, this was totally a Lord. So they said, yes, we would love to hear, uh, have you pray for, for, uh, those that are, uh, Death. And so the first lady that came up, man, this was absolutely just incredible. She was probably uh, mid-20s. She was probably eight months pregnant, uh, never heard a word in her life. And you're thinking about this. She's about ready to have a baby not too long, you know, from, from then. And she'll never hear the babies, you know, cry or anything if she stays in the current condition she is. So we pray for her. And I'll tell you, it was so beautiful, dude. Her deaf ears pop open. And now she can hear. Wow. The very first thing that she, she communicates is she goes, can you pray for my husband? He's been deaf from birth as well. Oh. So I said, only if you help us pray. So we go, we pray for her husband. His deaf ears pop open. So now you have this couple that's now all their life they've been deaf. They've entered into a hearing world, you know, and now when they, and they have their baby, they're going to hear the baby's cries. They're going to hear the baby's first words. They're going to hear, and dude, it was a tearjerker. And it just went on from there. We saw Six of the 12 people in the death section who had been deaf from birth completely here. And now I believe the rest of the six would have been healed that night, but we stayed so late they left. So, I mean, it was just full on unbelievable. God just, you know, breaking forth and, you know, the, the deaf were hearing. And, you know, I really do think that that's part of the thing. I think we sometimes forget in, in the Western world, we we're so part of this idea or this understanding of, the gospel about just being a proclamation or, you know, not so much a demonstration. And so I think we've fallen deaf in some aspects to uh, the ability to be able to hear what the spirit of the Lord say, that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of, you know, top, it's about power. It's, you know, when John is in prison and he's about ready to get his head cut off and he's saying, look, do we look for another Messiah? You know, cause he's not expecting he was expecting the kingdom to come in a fully different way than what it was manifesting. And Jesus yeah. sends the disciples of John to whom the deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk, and the gospels preach to the poor. And so let me tell you, signs and wonders, power evangelism is, I believe, the most biblical form of uh, evangelism. And every believer can walk in this. And I think that's the message to the church is wake up here what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, because Acts 1-8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to what? To be a witness, to be a witness for Christ. So if, if you really look at it, you know, if you're a believer and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you've been, you, you're a, a power evangelist. Because evangelism means what? To share good news. So you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. So now we just need to be activated to begin to move in the signs and wonders. And, you know, it's not for a special few. It's for the entire body of Christ. So we might put Jesus on display. I'm telling you, the, the world is desperately looking for Jesus with skin on. Yeah, I, 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 they're looking. Where's Jesus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Man, I agree 100%. What would you say, just to kind of be an advocate here, just to hear, I want to see your, I want to hear your perspective on this. What would you say to someone that's like, yeah, you know, well, those direct commissions were for the apostles of that day. Not all of us need to manifest Christ in the same way. And hey, man, that's for the evangelist. That's for, you know, the fivefold ministry. There's apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. You know, some people are more vocal. Some people are more outgoing. Some people are more tenacious and fearless and what about the quiet introverted right. guy? Are they supposed to preach the gospel the same way? I'd love to hear your yeah, perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. First of all, you know, um, uh, evangelism, you know, teaching, you know, all prophecy, all that stuff that, you know, if there's a fivefold gift mix, it says it's, it's a gift given from Jesus to the church. What for the edification, for the equipping, or I like to throw in there for the coaching of the saints to do what? To do the work of the ministry. Yeah. So it's like they're, they're there to show up, to activate, to engage the church, to begin to flow in those type of giftings. So it's not a, you know, watch and see. It's a watch so you can learn, so you can go do. And I think the other aspect is we put on, you know, listen, God has, has made each of us different in our personalities. And, you know, but evangelism is not supposed to be just some type A personality. Pick whoever you want to pick. That's not what it's, it's about of discipleship. <laughs> it's about yeah. being a disciple of Christ. Because, you know, uh, if you know you're not an evangelist, it says to do the work of an evangelist. And let me tell you, there's work in being an evangelist. <laughs> you've got to get out. Yeah. You've got to do something. You've got to speak. You've got to be able to look. You've got to be able to listen. You've got to respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing. And so I, I really believe this, again, if we look at the Gospels, Jesus is pouring his spirit upon not just the 12, but then the 72 nameless, faceless disciples, right? Then 120 at Pentecost, you know? And so in in the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world, teaching them all I've commanded you. Well, part of that, that command is what? Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, you know? So that's the thing. But when we look at it as a personality, um, or we look at it just as street ministry, which I think oftentimes people will say, well, Brian, you're, you're uh, a power evangelist, power evangelist. That means you're like a street you know, minister. I said, well, no, here's the deal. First of all, I, if I'm a power evangelist, I'm like everybody else. The Holy Spirit's come upon me for power to be you know, uh, a witness and to equip people. Um, if, we're that, if there's an evangelist as a gift, it's for the equipping of the church to take them along. But here's the thing. I really believe the mission of the gospel is found in the mundane aspects of our life. And yeah. mission starts when you wake up. And so that means mission is when you go through the drive through at uh, McDonald's. You know, mission is when you go and uh, you're going to a business meeting or mission is when you go pick up your kids or you go to buy milk. Uh, mission is when you go to the movies. Mission is wherever you go, everything in your life is sacred and Holy Spirit is at work moving. And so we have to have an understanding to what repent, change the way we're thinking, and then what? believe the good news of the gospel. And we can literally go from a moment in time of like, you know, I don't know if God's, you know, moving it all to like, oh, he believe, and you're like, bam, head on into heaven invading in that moment. But it's the change of your thought. It's, it's trusting what Jesus told you to do. Because here's the thing. He's always, always working with every single person. Seeds have been sown, water's being poured out. The Lord's waiting for the increase, but he's waiting for the church to step into what he's already poured out on you. And oftentimes we're sitting back waiting for God to do something. He's waiting for us to literally take the step. And when we take the step, he'll take the step with us. 
we open our mouth, he'll open his mouth and he'll speak the prophetic. If we stretch out our hands, the, the sick will be healed. And so there's that partnership with uh, the Lord uh, in us. I mean, that's how he's designed. That's why he's the head. <laughs> we're, we're the body. And so we're to, you know, come into agreement with what uh, the fathers do, just like Jesus was doing, right? He came into agreement with what the father's doing. And he began to manifest the father's heart or put the father on display. And so the church is what we're putting Jesus on display as we go about our day. Yeah. And that's even honestly, like you, like you were talking about, there is, um, you know, as you, as you step out, as you speak, as you pray, as you, he, then, then the, then the empowerment of the Holy spirit and then God begins to work with us. There's a co-laboring there. And I believe it was John, Wim, uh, John Wimber. I know you've been affected by his ministry of a vineyard church. And I think it was, was it him? I could be butchering the saying, but it said faith is spelled R I S K. Yeah. And it's, it's faith is spelled R-S-K. It's a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like one thing I just feel like, man, you know, it's, there's, there's a measure of faith involved in this where you need to own it. You need to believe that this is, this is true, that, that we have the mandate of Christ, that we have the mantle of Christ on our lives. And there needs to be a burden in our heart to share that and walk in it. And there is, you know, a major faith element and risk factor here. And it's not just the guy on the stage that's preaching to millions in, in Pakistan or something. And it's not just the uh, street evangelist, you know, pulling people over on the side of the street, sharing the gospel with them directly. But even like, I, I love using my mother as an example, because she's not necessarily someone that you would look at and say, oh, that's an evangelist. But everywhere she goes, the grocery store, she's sharing testimonies of salvation and grace and the love of God. And, and she's sharing that with people and she's praying for people and she's just doing it as she's going about her day and she makes friends with people and she shares a love of God with them and they might not get saved on the spot, but through relationship over time, she's seen a lot of people get saved. And so I just feel like, man, that's just for the everyday mother going to the grocery store. Kids are in school, building relationships with the other moms, being who you are, shining the light of Christ. I feel like that's really uh, relevant for a lot of people who feel like, oh man, I'm not like Daniel Kalenda preaching the millions on the stage, or I'm not like this guy who's preaching on the side of the street, you know, and you even talk about it in your book. There's this as you go lifestyle with the Lord. Absolutely. Here's the thing. I, I love that you, you brought that story with your mom, because here's that's 90% of the people. See, there, there's that 1% of the Daniel Kalendas or, you know, uh, the Todd Whites or whatever uh, that may be. But here's the thing. We need to equip and train for that 99%. Um, and what's going to look like, it's going to look like what you're describing of your mom. I mean, yeah. that is, that's when the gospel has great impact. Not when there's just a few, but when the, the, the body begins to see this as a thing that you just live out, you do this, that God created good works for us to do that. He's planned this stuff for us and he lives on the inside of us and he just wants to come out. And so when we begin to see that and live that way, we empower soccer moms, we empower, you know, businessmen, businessmen, we empower children, we empower, um, you know, just every body. You know, I mean, I always say this to people, man, I said, I'm just a skinny man trapped in a fat man's body, you know, trying to follow Jesus. I mean, I didn't wake up one day with a, you know, prophetic birthmark on my butt cheek that said prophetic evangelist to the nations. But what I did see in scripture was Matthew 10, seven and eight. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, for freely you received, now freely give. Now, that as you go literally means what I was, what you were talking about. As your mom was going <laughs> about her day, whether she's going to the grocery store, she's, you know, going to, uh, you know, where, just throughout her day, that's the journey. So as we're going through our journey, 
what we're doing is we're proclaiming a good message that that Christ is, he's not mad. If God's not mad at you, he loves you, that uh, you were been wonderfully and fearfully made, that you had absolute value, and the enemy came only to still kill, and destroy, but God has come to give life and life more abundantly. And so we start sharing the good news with word, I believe, but then we back it up with deed, or oftentimes what I love to do, honestly, is to, is to, is to demonstrate the reality of the gospel first, and then explain what just happened. Because I've found that if you can demonstrate the gospel, that presence of, of God, or if they're healing the sick, you know, releasing actually the manifest presence, which I think that's something that we have honestly, an art we've lost in uh, the body, that we can just release God's presence. And I will tell you, out of about probably 90% of the time when I pray for somebody and they get healed and for the presence of God, they're more shocked by they felt the presence of God. They're yeah. Like, what was that? I just felt. I said, that's the love of God. And that imprints on them, you know, deeply. So, yeah, then when this message gets really driven, and I think it has to be driven from, uh, you know, all of us saying, look, this is for everybody. It doesn't look just like on a stage. It doesn't look just like on the street. This is what it looks like when you're at Walmart. <laughs> you know, this is what it looks like when you're, uh, you know, going through the drive through This is what it looks like when you're just doing everyday life. Yeah, and even just you're talking about you know showing somebody, demonstrating, and then talking, and then sharing the gospel, you know, verbally, um, you know, like just even practically, like just for somebody who was like, man, I would love to start walking in the footsteps of Jesus, and I would highly recommend picking up the book, putting Jesus on display with love and power, because you go into the scriptures and you have a lot of stories to share that really give people kind of. Uh, verbiage as well as scriptural backing and a picture to really see how it's fleshed out in everyday life. And so I highly recommend grabbing that. But at the same time, it's, you know, Jesus went about, you know, doing good, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit, casting out devils, but he saw what his father was doing and then he would do it. He heard what his father was saying and then he would step out and do it. He only did what his father initiated. And so when you're at Walmart, let's just say as an example, you're just you're just abiding in him. You're just plugged into him. Are you just always in your heart seeking an opportunity? Like father, um, what do you, what would you have me do here today? And then you see some, maybe someone who's limping or like maybe help flesh it out a little bit more for those who are listening. Yeah. Let me put, so, so here's the, am I, am I walking around with this? I, I walk around with this, understand this idea that God's always at work. Um, but maybe in the moment I'm not thinking that way, but I, I've trained my heart and uh, to, to know that and to believe that. And so there's something, I'm, I'm just like a, an ordinary guy. I mean, I go to the store, get things done, but I am looking, God, where are you at work? You know, but sometimes I get in a place like everybody, we get kind of, you know, frustrated with our day. We get kind of, you know, I, I'm not like superly spiritually hyped up, ready to go in that sense. Let me give you a case in point. So the other day we were <laughs> sitting in our house and we're looking through um, our banking stuff. And we see that about $500 have been charged. Like someone stole our credit card. And we're like, oh, this is not good. You know, so I'm, I know I'm going to need to call, you know, uh, the credit card company, find out what's going on. But here's the thing what I've learned is that sometimes inconveniences are actually an invitation to get you in front of someone that you would not normally have gotten in front of. And so I've learned this over time that oftentimes what will happen when someone gets inconvenienced, sometimes we go right to, oh, this is the enemy. This is, you know, we're, we're having to fight against, uh, yeah. you know, going through, uh you know, uh, we get so enemy focused, right? It's spiritual warfare. But what if not that the, the Lord, you know, had anything to do with my 
you know, stealing my credit card. But here's the thing. He did, cause he didn't come to still kill the store. He comes to give life and life more abundantly. But what if he allowed that to happen because he knows the enemy stole something from me. He's going to put me, God's going to put me in front of somebody to begin to declare the gospel. So yeah. when I call up, I'm talking to this lady named Lonnie on the phone and um, she helps me get everything clear. And towards the end, I said, Hey, Lonnie, I said, can I ask you a question? And she was like, sure. I said, well, it's kind of off subject, but sometimes I get these pictures and impressions. And so uh, I actually, at that moment, I did get some pictures and impressions for her. It was real slight impressions. Um, I can't honestly don't remember what the, the three that I got. I said, so Sarah, three of them with her. And she goes, well, two of those make sense. The third one doesn't. Well, so here's the, the, the thing. When we step out and we give stuff, I've given stuff completely wrong, missed it. And I used to get so frustrated thinking, man, well, what's, you know, am I going to like destroy someone's faith or, you know, whatever, give God a black eye? Oh, the Lord said, look, Brian, this is like a, you're, 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 you're stepping out in faith. And here's the thing. He is so proud that we're doing that. And he said, just turn it around. Let it be a, a spiritual icebreaker for a conversation. And so I've done that many times. But this time I hit it on. There's two things that hit specifically for her. Third one I didn't worry about. So I just said, on a scale from zero to 10, what's your pain level? She said, about a seven. I said, okay, well, um, here's what I'm going to do. And I didn't tell her I was a Christian. I didn't tell her I was going to pray for any of that time. Because I've learned that sometimes I don't start there because, to be honest, <laughs> the church sometimes has done such a poor job of explaining mm -hmm. Jesus. We've made it so religious. It's rules and regulations that if I was to yeah. start there, she would have probably put walls up, right? Yeah. So what I said was, that here's what's going to happen is I'm actually going to speak to the pain. And it's going to go, and you're going to feel like this warm, tingling presence come over your body. And she's like, what? I said, is that okay if I try? She was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I do, and it literally, the pain goes all the way down to like a, a one. Mm -hmm. And she said, I felt that heat all of my body. So I spoke again, all the pain's gone. And she was like, how did you do that? I said, do you really want me to tell you? She goes, yeah, I want you to tell me. How did you do that? I said, here's what happened. I said, I'm a Christian, and this is what Christians do. I said, Jesus just came and he ministered his love and life to you because he loves you so much. And what he wants to do is he wants to come and not, if he can heal your body, he wants to come heal your heart. That he's just shown himself to you. He wants a personal relationship. Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? She goes, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so she gets completely healed, gives her life to Jesus. Then I pray for an empowered the Holy Spirit to come on her. And I said, here's what you need to go do. Now, you need to go share your testimony. You need to pray for somebody. And here's the beautiful thing. What the enemy tried to come steal from me, I got my money back. Now someone gets healed and comes into the kingdom. So <laughs> that's how it can simply come is in that kind of way. We just, the Lord told me years ago, Brian, I want you to learn to look, listen, respond. Now that can come, that looking, that listening can come in form of revelatory, uh, you know, revelation, like words of knowledge. You know, you might begin to feel something, a sympathy pain. You might begin to just, you know, think uh, of an image that you weren't thinking before. You feel an emotion, you know, so on and so forth. But then as I was going in that, that, that vein for a long time, I used to think that that's the only way that you really could do ministry. Yeah. And I started to begin to kind of look and go, wait, the scriptures, no. I mean, Jesus was doing that without hearing words of knowledge. He was just seeing a need and praying for people. So I began to do the same thing and see the exact same thing happen. And the Lord said, Brian, I, I never told you that it was all through. I said, I want you to look and listen. Look when you see somebody in need. You know, hear when you see somebody in need and take that as just as a word of knowledge for me. And so I begin to do that and see the same kind of things take place. Now, what's that, that, that third part is the scary part, right? 
you know, it's when your knees are, you're knocking, you know, your, your palms are sweaty, your heart's racing, you know, that's the anointing, right? I mean, you're stepping into something outside of yourself. And here's the thing I can tell you, Michael, I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I still feel a thousand butterflies in my stomach. I still have sweaty palms. My, I still have thoughts going through my head. What if this doesn't work? And I hope I never, ever, that never goes away. Because what that does, it gives me complete dependence on the Holy Spirit and not on myself. Amen. And you know what I'm saying? So th- that's the thing is that we're all called to do this. We don't arrive to this place where we don't ever experience those things. What we learn to do is not obey that fear, obey that circumstances, pressing against trying to push out the presence of God. No, we're to be light <laughs> in the darkness, right? And, and release the freedom of heaven in that moment. So that's what, but I believe this is for every believer, whether you, um, well, I don't get words of knowledge, Brian, but I said, okay, see a need and step out. Ask mm-hmm. someone if you can just simply pray for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, honestly, you doing those kind of things like that can break open so much for people. Um, yeah. So I, I like to really do things from a level of trying to equip the everyday person because I want everybody in the game, you know, because like John Wimber used to say, he said, everybody gets the play. Everybody gets to demonstrate the ministry of the gospel. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. And I know I want to, I really kind of feel in my heart right now as we close up this time, I would, I really want to, I'm two, two kind of people are in my, in my head right now. Um, the kind of people who have been disillusioned, maybe discouraged, they've pursued it. Um, maybe they didn't see the breakthroughs that they wanted to see. You know, or maybe they uh, fell flat on their face a couple times, got discouraged, disillusioned, and also just people that are maybe they want to with all of their heart step out, but they're just you know really ruled and and uh, and dominated by the fear of failure and rejection. You know, they've got a rejection complex. They just really they've got great intentions. They have a hunger for the Lord, but they just have, are having such a hard time taking those uh, initial steps of faith to move forward. And uh, I would love to just um, speak into that if you could encourage. But also, however you feel led, you know, however you feel led, I'd love to um, minister to those Absolutely. kind of people as we close this out. Well, hey, I would say too, I mean, because obviously we, we don't have a lot of time to jump on the subject, but if you really want, if those are questions that are coming from people's heart, which comes up in everybody's heart, man, check out my book. I really go into depth uh, in that about what about failure, about also going through the, the hard times and what does it mean? Uh, you know, I went through a time, uh, you know, uh, where like when we planted the church, my mom gets stage four melanoma cancer. My son comes, becomes a, a special needs over uh, night, a kid overnight from like literally he had a, he was completely, everything's fine. Then he hits, get this, this disease called pandas, which causes him to uh, literally, he's fine one day. He's on the floor, thriving on, I mean, on the floor, just beating himself. He quits cocking, quits eating. I get a disease called achalasia, where my esophagus quits working. And this is the Lord said, go plant the church. He said, I want you to go pray for the stick like you've never prayed for the stick before. Mm. And this went on for two years. And so I know what it's like to press in through this hardship and what you do. But the Lord said, don't get caught up in the chaos, but be focused on the commissioning of the gospel. And so I'll tell you what, and we saw breakthrough, but breakthrough came for me in a different way. I actually had surgery. God arranged it for a great doctor. My son, it was prayer and medicine that helped him. Now, my mom, she was dying of stage four melanoma cancer. My son, Tyler, the one who was sick, ends up praying for her, and she gets completely healed of stage four melanoma cancer. Wow. 
the kid who was actually the wounded healer, because <laughs> that's what we are. We're all wounded healers at some level. And so I just want to say to those people that are, are listening and you, you've stepped out, man, you're, you're praying and, and nothing seems that, you know, happen. Hey, there's lots of testimonies out there. John Wimber prayed for 18 months, never saw a person healed. And then it broke open and not only broke open for that one man's obedience, broke it open for thousands and thousands of people. Todd White, I think he prayed for uh, a year or so, a thousand people before he saw his first healing. So there's people that have broken this thing open. So just keep pressing and keep going after it. Um, because I'm telling you, you will see a breakthrough in this thing. Um, and, and those of you are just, you're just, just discouraged. I mean, listen, that's, that's the work of the enemy to discourage you, to get you down. But listen, we, it's, it's having faith and it's not us mustering up faith. It's looking to the faithfulness of Jesus. He's the one that gives us faith of his faithfulness. And yeah. so that's what we got to turn around and quit trying to muster up faith, but look to him who's the one that's faithful and let him rise out of us and begin to do glorious and mighty works. It's, it's that working of the spirit in us. Amen. So I, I really think that's, that's part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I would just love for you to just pray for those who are listening right now. I just feel like however, however you feel led, just, I would love for to kind of close it out. Absolutely. I would love to. So Father, I thank you for those that are listening and uh, Lord, I just pray for, uh, just an empowerment of your Holy Spirit to come. I pray, Father, you see, when you pray your spirit, we would receive power to be a witness. I pray even people who are listening to this, that the Spirit of God would come upon them in such a fiery way where they would awaken them and empower them with boldness and compassion. But even now they begin to feel a burning in their hands where like healing anointing is being released right now. That many will begin to feel like a tingling on their, their, their lips. Prophetic giftings are being released. And uh, Father, I just bless those that are listening. Those have been discouraged. Take hope for the Lord. is It loves you and he wants to flow through you. I pray that our hearts and minds would be gospeled again with the good news. Lord, when we understand how much you love us, the love just flows out of us. And I just pray for an empowerment and a healing, a presence to come on people, that we'd break the spirit of fear and we would release this perfect love all around us, that we might put Jesus on display with love and power. And I want to share one, one more thing. It's something that the Lord's told me to share pretty much everywhere I go. But the Lord's going to pour His Spirit upon two groups in particular that I really believe. Those are going to be women and those 50 and above. That's both men and women, because the enemy has come against those two people, uh, two people groups. Women, we've, we've, a lot of the churches identified with a lie of the enemy, and we put our thumb on the, you know, women's voices and said, you know, hey, you can speak here, but you can't speak here. Some of the greatest evangelists, some of the greatest signs and wonders, some of the greatest leaders are going to be for women. And so I just want you, if you're a woman, you're listening, get encouraged. The spirit and power of God is going to come upon you in a mighty way. If you're 50 and older, we need you. We need the mothers and fathers to rise up and burn for Jesus all the way until you leave this earth. And you'll make, there'll be a holy jealousy that will come on a younger generation that will want to even do it more. So, Father, I just bless those that are 50 and above, and I bless women. I say, receive the commissioning of Jesus. Jesus needs you, and I bless you right now. Yes. Come in, in Holy Spirit with fire and power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it. We thank you, Lord. Um, Brian, for those um, who want to get a hold of your book, they're hungry. They, they've they've heard what you've uh, shared today. You you know, it's deposited something in their heart. There's a hunger in them. How do they get a hold of putting Jesus on display with love and power? And then also, how do they connect with your ministry some more? Is there a place online they could they could look? Yeah, actually, if they go to puttingjesusondisplay.com, 
or .org, uh, either one of those, you can uh, find me. Um, and my book is on there. You can go to Amazon and uh, put uh, putting Jesus on display with love and power. You can get that. But if you want to follow my ministry and get the book, just go to the website, putting Jesus on display with love and putting Jesus on display. Sorry, .com or .org would be the great place to go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for joining me on the show. It's been a blessing. It's been powerful. Um, I highly recommend grabbing a copy of the book. And um, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, bless you, man. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Um, Go ahead, subscribe, rate, review the podcast so we can get this out to more people to be stirred, encouraged, blessed, challenged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast.